really good to pay attention to what the Lord's saying. It's just he's been saying so much already. Um, so it's just good just to reflect. I believe that the Lord's doing a deep work in in us as a church family, but in as individuals as well. Um, there's this picture in the in Genesis one that I'm just reminded of where it says the spirit hovered above the deep. And I just get that sense that the spirit is hovering today. He's he's involved, he's He's doing a deep work. So I just want to encourage you, you know, if you heard a word today that um, that Chloe gave that was challenging, but you feel it's for you, just to embrace it, to seek the Lord about it, just to, con- to continue to pray. If you've got someone close to you that you can talk to, please talk to them. Um, or just find someone. And the same with the song that Anna gave, that kind of, that prophetic song about the Lord giving us ropes of white and just drawing us close that's for now as well I believe that um, that's very special so it's good to it's good to take note and not rush on especially when God's spoken I had a word prepared but I feel like um, this week I felt like I should scrap it and um so last night I was preparing another word, and now I'm wondering whether to give this one. So, um, <laughs> so we'll see. But I just want to encourage you guys. That's my goal today. Um, if you haven't already, we've got um, Tom's talk from two weeks ago up online. It's on our podcast. It's so good. Um, it's such a good talk. So if you weren't there, it's you can download it. You can. Um, it's on the Facebook, but it's also on the website. And if you don't have access to that, I can burn a CD for you. Just let me know or whatever you need. And we'll get it out. It's worth listening to. It's about um, surrender as a lifestyle, looking at the book of Ecclesiastes. Really good. I feel like what I feel like the Lord is doing among us is that he's um, He's kind of stripping, stripping back quite a lot. I see him like just just thinking about what God said already today. I feel like he's he's wanting us to get back to the core of who we are individually but as a as a corporate family and and what w- who we are to him. And that can be really um that can be uncomfortable. So I just want to encourage you just to I get the picture that comes to mind is like a plant that gets pruned. Some plants Need a lot of pruning, I hear. I'm not really a gardener, so you'd have to. I just, I've heard from people that know. <laughs> um, some people need a, a lot. Some some plants need a lot of pruning. Some just a little bit, but everyone needs a bit of pruning. So um. So yeah, it's important to embrace the gardener. So something that I think he is addressing corporately is he wants us to think about what it means to be a family. The word family gets used a lot. I think it's become a bit of a buzzword. I think um, corporate businesses have started using it now, so it's getting really confusing. 
Um, so you hear it everywhere, even in adverts. And um, But what's really interesting is I, th- I feel like it's tapping into a deep desire in everyone to be a part, to be part of a tribe, to be part of a family, to feel known, to feel seen, um, to have value. And I think, you know, people are kind of getting that and now it's becoming, it's kind of coming into the marketing scene as well. Um, so I hope we haven't outused that word already, but I feel like it's such a biblical, such a biblical kind of word. You know, if you've got, if God is a father and the God is a, is a son, that just is such strong family imagery straight away. And if we've been adopted into his family, and we bec- become co-heirs with Jesus. It's just got so much strong imagery. So let's just keep with it. <laughs> let's just keep with it. Um, so today I just want to share a bit about what it means to be a Christian family. Like a, um, have you got the clicker? Um, what it means to be a fellowship as a lifestyle. So just trying to continue with this kind of theme of that Dad started with, um, you know, the as a lifestyle series. But the truth is, being part of a family isn't easy. It's not rosy. I'm sure lots of you are part of families. You know, it's not straightforward. As a lot of you know, I'm one of four. It was never straightforward. It was always messy. But that is that is what's. Um, but there's a beauty in the mess. There's something that you can learn. You can grow through the tension. You can grow through the conflict. And um, it just requires a lot of humility. It requires a lot of time. It requires um, you kind of seeking after each other. I think, um, looking back, I wish I spent less time in my room and more time with my siblings. But I kind of like my me time. So I, uh, I understand why I did it, but actually... It's by spending time together and kind of brushing shoulders with my siblings that I actually grow and I actually begin to love my siblings more and I learn how to talk to them and, and commune with them and begin to have learn how to have a conversation. I'm still learning how to have a good conversation, how to ask the right questions. My wife is smiling at me right now. And what's true, that I'm learning or that I... Okay, yeah. So we're all learning. And actually a lot of the New Testament is committed to um, the writings to the, to the early church about how to do Christian fellowship. If you look at Paul in all of his letters, he's addressing a church family in a given city. And often he's addressing an issue. The, the challenge that we've got is that we don't actually know the context. We don't know a lot of the context that it's written. We don't, he's clearly responding to a lot of things. And we can try and piece together what is going on in that city. Sorry, Kate, I need to keep looking this way. Um, and, but we, unfortunately, we haven't got the original letter. We haven't seen back and forth, but we have got Paul's response. And I think it would be a really good case study just to look at everything that he says to these individual churches. What he exalts one church family for doing he may then challenge another body on that very point. So famously in Corinthians, you have that amazing chapter about 
about love, and we know it so well. We know it inside out. And if you look at the context in which it's written in that letter, it's you know it's it's around it's right next to two chapters about spiritual gifts. It's about and clearly this church in in, uh, in Corinth were very gifted. They were very gifted spiritually in, in their spiritual gifts. They knew how to prophesy and interpret. And but he put that that beautiful kind of poetic chapter in there, challenging them about love and how they how they actually use their spiritual gifts how did they it was the how that he was challenging not the what whereas other churches it might be the other way around and in, in revelations we read you know um i can't um john kind of talks about these churches and uh he's speaking on behalf of the lord and it's the lord kind of just um kind of reviewing where they're at in terms of their walk with him. And he kind of has these set criteria of, not set criteria, but he's clearly got these, these criteria that he's looking at a church, you know, a church um, in terms of how they love each other and how they were faithful to the good news and amongst other things. And I, to be honest with you, I haven't done a lot of prep into that. I just, um, so I'm not going to start because I, I want to do it well. So, um, but I think that would be a really interesting case study. This, but this sense of family, this sense of um, fellowship, it's really, really very difficult. Particularly, I think, in the in the time that we're living in. Um, I, you know, people tell me what it, what you know, the, the good old days and what it used to be like before technology um, came, and I, I kind of understand that because I think we get lost. I know I get lost on my phone. And my wife says, hello, can you put your phone down? It's also true. So I'm speaking the truth today. And and it just kind of draws me in. Because, you know, in this phone, I've just got access to all these things. And I'm I'm just taken away. But actually, you know, I'm kind of part of this kind of invisible community that I feel like I'm a part of something where I'm, Maybe I'm not really, and you know the development of social media, and I kind of like it, but at the same time I feel like it is a bit of a danger for us in this. Um, and it's an amazing tool, but at the same time it can be a curse as well. When I walk up and down Bedbrook here, it just feels like a ghost town, and I wonder what it was, what it was like before television as well, because I think before television. The children probably would have been playing in the streets. They probably would have been like, let me get out of the house, let me get out of the house. Now it's like, let me get in the house, let me get in the house. I want to get my Xbox on or whatever. and Let's, uh, let's put CBBS on. Right, Faith? And um, oh, I turn it on, but you know what I mean. Um, so we've got a real challenge in this, in this society with connection. We have a very isolated, a very fragmented... Loneliness is a really big issue today across the whole of society. And actually, what I'm seeing as well is, is if we're not careful, it can be a really big issue in the church as well. If we're not really intentional about how we spend our time, who we kind of speak to, or if we speak to anyone... Who do we pick up the phone and speak to? Who do we check in on? I know that I'm really guilty. I get into my own head. I kind of, 
You know, as, as I'm getting to know myself, I realize that I'm actually quite a self-centered person. If I don't see someone, I'd struggle to remember things. Um, but when you're with someone, if you're, if, you're, if you're seeing them frequently, I find it easier to then connect and to ask how they're doing. And I start getting into their world a little bit, get into their shoes a little bit. And I kind of go, hey, how is life for you? What does it look like in your world right now? But as I said, you know, when I don't do that, I can easily just withdraw from that. And as a church family, how do we address that? The one answer could be, well, we should meet all the time. And I'd say, well, that's that's cool. But I know that I think you'd probably have a bit of, you know, I'm sure you probably wouldn't be up for that. You'd be like, there's too many meetings, too many, too many things going on, Joe. Can you cut back? And I kind of understand that. Another another thing is, you know, some, some looking at what other church communities have done, they've actually decided to actually buy these big houses and, and live with each other. There are quite a lot of community houses in Bristol, and they've chosen, you know what, this is how we think it could look like. Let's all live together. Now, I don't know how you would all... I think uh, looking at your faces as I said that <laughs> sort of just tells me where, where we're at, and that's fine. I'm not suggesting that, Okay. <laughs> You all look now relieved. So, but actually, geography is a challenge. You know, we live across the city. We live, you know, north, south, east, west, across the city. There's a geography challenge that we've got. But I, don't, I think we can overcome it. And what I would say, actually, the biggest geography challenge isn't really so much how far away we live from each other, but it's about, in our hearts, how far away we are from each other. That's the distance that really matters. So if we're close to each other on a heart level, the geography won't matter. So it's an issue I would propose. It's a challenge of the heart. And everyone's like, here we go, Joseph's talking about the heart again. But I really believe this. This is the heart of it. (laughs) Is that Christian community is all about the hearts, about loving each other. It's about having affection for each other and actually knowing each other on a heart-to-heart level, not on a kind of, you know, more of a kind of a informational level. Gosh, I'm really grilling myself today, but one of the things that I really struggle with on a conversational level, and Chloe's been really good at helping me with this, is that when I speak to someone, I have the danger of kind of doing information exchange. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, how was your week? What did you do? You know, what are you doing tomorrow? You know, what are your life plans? And, <laughs> and like, you know, what's your favorite film? Okay. And it's like information exchange. And I, I realized that actually that's good. It's good to, to talk. But I think what I wasn't doing was really getting to the heart of a matter. I wasn't really maybe just getting to that kind of heart-to-heart connection. That's something that I'm definitely learning is questions like, and w- what does that mean to you? What matters to you? Because when I know what matters to you, it can begin to matter to me. And I feel like that's the, the heart of Christian community, is what matters to you matters to me. And what is what you will find challenging, I want to know about, and I, and I care about, and I want to I let love be genuine. 
which leads us to our first verse. Romans 12. This, as I said before, Paul wrote these letters to these churches. This is a, ch- a church in, in Rome. This is towards the end of the letter. And it, I just love, I love the, sn- the ends of, of letters because I feel like the writers sort of like get to the, really to the point, the core of, um, dad might agree, not might agree with me on that one, but like, I feel like they come, the, short, the sentence, sentences get a lot shorter for Paul towards the end. And he comes up with these great one-liners. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Wow. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you and and bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. What stands out to you from that from that, that kind of chapter? There are no right or wrong answers. I'm just curious to know what you think. To sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. Is it louder if you want? <laughs> Love to be genuine. Sometimes I feel like we, even myself, act like I love just to tick a box so like they know that I love them. But what does it look like for love to be genuine? Would love even come out if it was genuine? It's quite challenging. Yeah. Yeah. It's massively challenging. What does it look like to let love be genuine? You've got to let it. See you later. Does anyone else like to comment on what, what, what stands out to them and what speaks to them? Patient in suffering. Um. I like the, the, just the word mutual. Love one another with mutual affection. It's two way. We've all got to play our part. But uh. I'm I'm almost embarrassed how soppy it is. You know, mutual affection. And it just, yeah, I feel like if, in a way, some of the message that you're bringing is quite un-British, you know. It feels a bit of a challenge to be, you you talk about heart-to-heart connection, that sounds like what you'd put in a dating ad or something. (laughs) And, you know, if, if we had that sort of sense of cynicism, just a bit like, oh, come on, does it really need to be that that deep or real? And so I'm, and then you put this up, and it's sort of going, well, there's just no escape, really. When you look at the, what Paul's saying, all, all of that is just so 
uh, real and affectionate and kind of stoppy. <laughs> it's just that you can't even rejoice with those who rejoice or weep with those who weep if you're not communicating with each other. And communication is the essential thing. Um, I'm, I bless those who persecute you. I um, I have a house full of students next door to me. That's fine, but out of out of courtesy, I let her know that I'm having roof work done shortly, and she went off on one. Oh, it's right in the middle of their exams. I can't help that. My roof is leaking, you know. But she, I, I was, <laughs> and did not have the right attitude to her. That's a really good point. Communication is so key. It's just essential, absolutely essential. It's like, how do you even know what matters to someone if you don't, if you're not talking? And yeah, yeah. Um, the bless, uh, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep's been like a catchphrase for me. I think ever since I like did work abroad and stuff. Um, for me, it's about like not being afraid to bring your whole self, because um, I feel like. Um, particularly in my work with women like I cry at work now <laughs> or I get angry for them and just like like not burdening yourself with that but um, just feeling it all with them I think is, yeah, is quite powerful that is so good just, just yeah. this bringing your whole self is what Hannah was saying and that is so important and I, I've got to repent again I've just been so aware that even in my own friendships the Lord has challenged me and said, Have you, are you really all here? Are you really giving all of yourself? Or are you withholding things that you worry that are going to get rejected or are going to be dismissed? And actually, he's right. I have withdrawn myself. So I also want to confess that to you <laughs> this morning. I'm just sorry if I've withdrawn myself from you and not shown my real self. So I think it's important that... Um, you know, as I stand before you and I encourage you in this, for me to be real about where I'm, I'm at with it as well. This is a cracker of a verse. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Just let that one soak in. Let's read it again. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for Adversity. Proverbs seventeen seventeen. How good is that? Just gets me. A brother is born for adversity. It's like this is the purpose, one of the purposes of having a brother. It's for those moments of adversity. And I can stand and say, like, there are brothers here I know in this room that have stood with me during adversity and sisters. So I just want to thank you for being there for me. And that's part of what we want to do for each other, is we want to stand with each other during adversity. I want to open up again, because I like this dialogue that's happening. So what what kind of stands out to What is speaking to you through this verse? I think at all times... That's just, wow, such a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not just Sunday mornings. Um, it it reminds me of a, a a bit of a funny story of of I think pretty much when I recently moved to Bristol and was new to the church, and I found myself on Stapleton Road train station platform with one shoe on, <laughs> and um, at about eight thirty in the morning on a cold morning and looking at my phone and thinking, who's going to be up at this time and who's going to come rescue me? And I started calling a bunch of Waterbrook people. And it was Hannah Paulson that came. And, um, yeah, I think our friendship sort of grew because of, um, I guess, yeah, me, me requiring something and giving her the opportunity to kind of love me in that way. That was really cool. That's amazing. So you reached out. You gave Hannah an opportunity to be a friend to you and... Rather than go, right, I'm just going to have to walk home with one shoe on. I'm going to reach out, I'm going to call. And let someone be a brother to me, or let me someone be a sister to me. Um, in response to that, I my heart kind of grieves for when I haven't felt free to ask for help. Or also a friend not asking me for help. Like, a really basic example is... Um, when I offer people a lift home and they say, no, 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 no. Like, I'll just get the bus or I'll just walk. And I'm like, please let me love you. Let me love you. Let me be there for you. So when people actually ask me for help, it's not like, oh, they're asking me for help. I'm like, yes, they think I'm a friend enough to ask for help. This is so great. And so it's sad to find out that people haven't felt free to ask for help or when I realize that I don't feel free enough to ask for help. That is so good. So just, it's actually, in in understanding this Christian fellowship, it's actually not so much the giving, but actually letting people, allowing yourself to receive because the person wants to give. Because we want to be givers. I think we all enjoy giving. It's something that we just want to, we want to give. So it's just allowing someone to, yeah, of course you can, it might, it might feel a bit uncomfortable, but I'll allow you to bless me. I'll allow you to, to help me right now. I think um, we need to recognise that it's actually alien to the world, especially going back to what you were saying as part of the culture. So I've had non-Christian friends say to me, um, what's up with you inviting people around for meals? Well, why? And also say to them, mm, they also say to me, why are you babysitting for someone? And it's just, yeah. So... Yeah, it's really, we're really being different by following what Jesus wants us to do. Amen. I just remember the story of Tom and I growing up, actually. Because this is very countercultural. This is, and it's worth just encouraging ourselves about what the Lord's standards are. And it's worth just reading these verses, reading, reading the, the scripture. Obviously, it's obviously worth reading it, but just allowing it to, to set the bar. Amber, and as teenagers, Tom and I, we're a bit soppy, actually. We, we we are actually quite expressionate young men. And actually, we stuck out quite a lot. So um, we would give each other hugs in public, you know, and tell each other that we each other were great. And I remember at the time, people were like, gosh, you, Tom and Joe, they're just, they're really close. But actually, we just thought that was normal. Like, we just thought, this is how I express my love right now. I'm just going to give him a big bear hug or I'm going to, I'm just going to tell him. I'm going to look him in the eye and say, Tom, you're brilliant. 
you're amazing, man. And I knew that when we were with our friends that weren't believers, they were like, they were uncomfortable. They were like, what is wrong with you? And like, you should be, you should be ripping into him. You should be bringing him down. You should be, where's the banter gone? And, you know, I don't want a little bit of banter, but like my primary responsibility as a friend to Tom is to exalt him, lift him up. So, um, as Christine, you were saying that it's, you're totally right. It's, we are a bit odd to the world, and that's actually probably a good thing, actually. If uh, the Lord wrote us a letter like he did and, and was like, oh, yeah, you fit into the world really well, I feel like I'd be a bit disappointed. I'd be like, oh, we fit in, do we? We just, we're like everyone else. So that's a really good point, Christine. Of course you can. Just coming on the end of what Anna was saying as well. Um, I not found it easy to receive from people because it's like no I will keep you at a distance if I if you don't give me anything I'm not beholden to you I don't have to have that relationship you know that was where I was at um dad's funeral was huge huge um because we were given so much you know and I I, I wouldn't if I wanted to, I wouldn't have a hope of giving back. But what was huge about it was that you guys loved us. You know, that, and I know I keep coming back to this, I keep mentioning this, I'm sorry, but it's, you know, it's it's still only three months, we're still processing it. And, you know, to, to have, it's not even three months actually, you know, to to have you guys give and give and give, you know, people that got involved in so many different things, you know, rejoice with those who rejoice. Yeah, we did rejoice that day. We also, we wept, you know, um, contributing to the needs, extending hospitality, you know, so much of that went on. And, you know, that showed me a lot. And I'm still learning (laughs) a lot about what it means to be part of that, that family. And that, you know, I haven't been able to give that much recently because of family circumstances. And, you know, hopefully that's something in a way that can change. But I don't have to give back. I just want to give, if that makes sense. So good. The Lord has done a work in all of us. And I just want to say, Kate, you are really encouraging. You're a source of encouragement to me and Chloe particularly. So you are. And actually, your your ability to receive is... It's definitely grown, and it's been great. And so it's just, it's just a testimony to how God's working in our lives. It's really good. Did you want something? Sorry, it was, it was too relevant for me not to, to share, but I, I had a um, coffee with a, my, my oldest friend, Christian guy. We had coffee yesterday morning. So what? We fell out majorly a couple of years ago with quite serious repercussions and a charity fell apart and there was a lot of hurt and a lot of anger and frustration on both sides and we I would say we hurt each other emotionally but we decided that friendship is more important and we we disagree still quite vehemently about what the major causes of that problem were but we, we're still friends we, we decide friendship is is the key so his friend loves it all times. That's amazing testimony.
That is true friendship. We disagree, maybe even strongly, but I'm going to choose to love you. I'm going to choose to be your friend. That's amazing, Martin. Yes, Steve. while back up uh, a friend loves at all times but that is not depending upon if you're the friend that you're loving loves you back you choose to lo- be that friend whether that person loves you back is an important aspect of this and a brother is born for adversity well they're the ones that stand by you when you um, think the chips are down and you and I remember my twin brother and I was at a very, very low point. And I was sitting at a desk, hunched over. And all he did was come and put his hand on my shoulder. And it felt like the weight of the world lifted off me. So uh, friends don't have to. It's being there for somebody and telling somebody that you care about them. One way or the other. It doesn't have to be vocal. But people pick up how you feel about them. And the, um, I think in the other scripture that we had that, that stood out to me was everything that we aren't can change on the, if we persevere in prayer. Everything that we aren't at the moment that we find lacking will change if you persevere in prayer because you have the scripture that says God is a, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And if you seek God about something long enough, you'll find that he has done things already or he will do things when you need them. And you'll look back and you see how he's changed you. So I, but, uh, that and the, um, I, f- I see things where uh, contribute to the needs of the saints, very important because when we have prayer meetings, it's, you get to know one another because you're praying for their needs. And they're praying for your needs. And you grow, over the years of the prayer meetings that we've had in Tony's home, um, your home, uh, at a, um, in different places, Sharon's home, um, the, the amazing thing about prayer meetings, and we're having one on Friday, by the way, the 13th, um, <laughs> at 11 o'clock. Um, the interesting thing, now this is a very true thing, is as you pray for somebody else, particularly their children, you grow so close to them, and they grow so close to you. And you find that people are praying for your family, and it means the world to you, back and forth. And it, it draws everyone into such a closer relationship of family. And I think um, this body, particularly when I had trouble at work years ago, and what brought me through was the fact that Everything was going rotten at work. But there was a moment when God turned everything around, but that was after the church had been praying for it. I didn't know anything that was going for me at the time except me praying about it, Ruth praying about it, but the church was praying about it. So if you have some need, I think the fault we all have is we can't share that because we don't want it to be known. If you have a need... Tell, tell a person who you know prays and let it be, let it be passed around to people who pray because then you'll see God really turn it around like he did for me. That's very good. 
And just being in that place where you hear each other's needs and begin to pray for each other's needs. That's, as Steve says, that's really where you can really begin to connect and and become close with people because you are what matters to you now matters to me. And now I'm praying into it. I'm going to stand with you through this time. I'm going to pray it through with you until something changes. And that's part of being a family. I just want to finish with this last passage. Um, I just want to encourage you before I do actually, because this is, I hope this is a hopeful thing. I hope that you are encouraged by this conversation. Well, I believe the Lord is, is calling us deeper. I think he is. He's a, he wants us to go go further and and, and be and just have that have it in mind. I know, as Steve shared, like this is already going on, but it's actually just good to call it out and say that it's good and for us to continue. Um, and it's not something that my heart is like. I want it to happen across the whole body. I'd love. Obviously, you're not going to be everyone's best friend, but if you've got a few people that you know and you're close to, you can pick up the phone. As Steve says, you know that people that will pray for you. Um, it's part of being part of being a family, and obviously, we've got a prayer meeting. But you don't have to wait for prayer meetings. You don't have to wait for for times when we do get together. Obviously, we're actually having we've organised a lunch at Emma's. That's why she's left early after lunch after this meal so if you'd like to come please come come speak to me but even even in those moments where we arrange lunches you don't have to wait for someone to arrange a lunch you could say hey i want to connect with someone i'm going to go and ask someone to come around for lunch today i'm going to try and find time when am i free when would be good for me to invite someone around for dinner as christine does um and we all do but it's like i feel like this is a this is not this is all of our role. This is for all of us to lead on. And this is for all of us to, to own. So let's just finish with, um, with Paul's uh, letter to the Colossians. And just listen to some of the things that he pulls out. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts, put on kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must forgive. And above all, put on love. Yeah which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. I think that's a good place to finish. But if, is anyone sitting on anything that they want to share? Wonderful. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, thank you for the work that you're doing in us and have done in us. We just humbly ask you, Lord, to continue your work. I just pray 
out of Corinthians, out of Colossians here, Lord, that you'd give us compassionate hearts for one another, that you'd give us kindness and humility towards each other and, and meekness and patience. Lord, help us forgive each other. Help us be quick to forgive and help us to put on love. Teach us what that means. And may that bind us together. And may the peace of Christ reign in our hearts. And may we be a thankful people. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. I just want to encourage you just to dwell on that verse. And just um, let's have some fellowship now. Just want to encourage you guys. You know, you're wonderful people. And I'm glad we're, we're together. Amen. Yeah, please continue to pray for Dad.